Imagine having product after product on Amazon selling steadily at great profits without competitors swooping in to crash the pricing. On today's show, Jim invited one of the best JimCockrumCoaching.com coaches to the studio to teach us all how to use simple Amazon searches to uncover countless hidden gold mines of opportunity. Armed with the knowledge you're about to receive, the sky is the limit. Take it away, Jim. Hey, this is Jim. Welcome back to Silent Sales Machine Radio. So glad you've joined us today. I have with us one of our coaches from the Jim Cochran Coaching Program today, Miss Teresa Rose. How are you, Teresa? I'm great. Thanks so much for allowing me to be here. This is a great honor and it's just a lot of fun to be a part of. Oh, well, you're just one of those fantastic people that every time I hang out with one of our coaches, it's so cool. It's like people might be under the impression that I'm around here teaching you guys. No, that's not how it works. I'm learning. Our coaches are incredible. And you've been doing some really creative things with wholesale sourcing. You're one of our top, if not our top coach in that arena. You've created some great content for the Proven Amazon course in that arena. You've coached a lot of our students and you were filling me in in our pre-show chat about some of the really cool things that are happening for some of your students in your own business. We're going to dive into those stories. For the listener today, this is more info. You told us you wanted more on the topic of wholesale sourcing and Brett and I did a great call a while back for the listener. If you go back to silentgym.com and you look, I'll put it right in the show notes for this episode. A great call that Brett and I had. We talked about wholesale because I don't know anyone who's bought more wholesale than Brett, Teresa. But there's some real specific challenges that some of our students are running into. And we just want to plow through some of that today. So you ready to go? I'm ready. Awesome. Well, let's start with this. I don't like to spend a lot of time on introductions and stuff that, you know, I like to get straight to the meat. But still, you've never been on the show before. So just tell us a little bit about your background, who you are, where your business is, whatever you're comfortable sharing with us. And then we'll dive in and uh, talk about some wholesale sourcing today. Right. So my background is that I've been a teacher for many years and I've taught in all kinds of situations, classroom situations, public and private. And now I mostly do, you know, part-time private teaching as a music teacher. And what I'm doing is basically coaching there and have been for years of trying to help them become successful and in learning something. So this is just as something that just naturally adds to that. And with that, always developing some ideas of how can we get that success to happen a little bit sooner? How can we get there? Where do we need to put the focus? And that's something that I've been doing for a long time of helping people to find that. I love it. You know, we have a saying around here in our team, our leadership team, and you just kind of hit on it, but we don't help people here. That's not what we do. We help people succeed, which means there's an accountability. There's a system. There's going to be some tough questions. We don't just help you. We're going to help you succeed. So it's a long-term relationship we're talking about. And you just hit the nail on the head. You've been doing it for a long time. You're a teacher at heart. Every time you get on the phone, you're teaching me new things and we could just talk for hours, but we're going to focus in right now on wholesale sourcing. So, you know, one of the questions we get a lot, Teresa, is help me find a supplier and especially one where I'm not going to have competitors pounding me, you know, pounding down the price within the first couple of months. Like, how do you find those sources of sustainably profitable products through wholesale? And I will give this caveat for the listeners who haven't listened to the episode where Brett and I talked about wholesale, get in the show notes, 
go listen to that show. It's part of your homework. But assuming the listener's done that, Teresa, how do you answer that question? Well, it's very easy to do. One of the biggest problems that for people getting into wholesale, and it's also a myth, is that they think that Amazon sells everything. And if Amazon <laughs> isn't selling everything, it's going to be one of your competitors that probably has deeper pockets and can be, be able to purchase at a much lower price than you can. So there's ways that you can find those suppliers with very low competition, meaning there's no Amazon and there's little to no other FBA sellers. And this is uh, the stuff that we do in our coaching sessions all the time as I show them how to find that. It's also in a series of videos on the PAC course now. By leveraging everything that Amazon gives us as information, they give us filters to use on the left-hand side to search for things. We're able, I'm able to do it. It takes me probably two minutes to find a supplier where there is zero Amazon and little to no FBA sellers. And you can do that by starting right directly on Amazon, knowing that you have the product already in the catalog. You don't have to go through the work of creating a brand new listing page. It's there. And all you need to do is then track it down to that supplier and contact them. So once you go through eliminating out some things through using filters, getting that price up high so that you know you have plenty of margin there in your profit, then all you really basically need to do is take that brand, that manufacturer, and Google it. Get to their page and contact them directly. Yeah, it's not rocket science, but at the same time, if you don't know what you're doing, you know, here's one of the big mistakes I think a lot of people make with wholesale, and you've shared this with me too, is they think success with wholesale is getting contacting a bunch of wholesalers and then pouring through thousands of lines of possible products looking for one. And that can just be so tedious. And if you don't know what you're doing, even once you think you found a good one, you probably haven't, right? But we take a different approach. Approach, don't we? It's more systematic. It's a lot faster to the heart of the matter. And I love those videos that you recently added to the Proven Amazon course. We're getting incredible feedback. That was just a freebie. We just threw it in. And thank you so much for making those. It's a series of, what was there, 10 videos that steps you through the process you just described. So if the listener doesn't have the Proven Amazon course yet, yet need it. And if you want a coach who understands wholesale, hanging out with Teresa would be awesome. But this isn't a pitch for our course and for our coaching. We want to provide a ton of value, even for those of you who don't give us a dime because we love creating successful entrepreneurs. So dive a little deeper into that process for me, if you would. Let's just pretend, and I know we can't go, you know, there's a reason we made these videos because we kind of got to show you what's happening, but just go a little deeper into that process. Assume I don't really know anything. Explain that process that you just explained one more time and maybe just use a little more specifics. Like, okay, so I'm on Amazon, I'm researching for a wholesale opportunity. Take me through it pretending I don't know anything. Right, so a lot of what I do is I start in a main category first. That's the easiest way to kind of do some reverse sourcing straight off of Amazon is to use a main category as your starting point, preferably one that you can sell in currently. Make sure you're approved, right, right. Yes, yes, make sure you're approved. Then you need to go down through the subcategories. I like to go down as deep into the subcategories as I possibly can. You can always change your direction later whenever you want to, but go down as deep as you can. Along the way, keep your mind open and keep your eyes open to something that you would not have thought of yourself. If it's something that you look at and say, well, I don't know what that is, that's a clue that you need to choose it. 
<laughs> and you need to look into it further because if it's not coming readily to mind to you, it is not for anyone else either. Oh, I love it. You know what? And just a little side tip. That sounds so much like the advice we give to people when they're sourcing books, right? One of the best advices we say when you're outsourcing books, and I'm not trying to derail you here, but we say, if you look at the title and you think, yeah, everyone knows that author. Yeah, everyone's interested in that topic. That's probably not a good book because everyone already has it. But if you look at it and you think, who in the world would ever buy that? Now you got something worth looking into, right? Because this is like, it's only a handful of people and it's a hard to find product. I love it. Mm -hmm. So, all right, keep going. I'll let you keep going. Yeah, so weird, unusual, hard to find. It does very, very well. And that's where there is demand. And what you're going to do is look for the ones that have low competition. So if you're continuing to go down through your subcategories, once you arrive at your final destination, you can't go any further into the subcategories. You're going to start putting on some filters on the left-hand side. So if you see the filter always down at the bottom on the left that says underneath available, it will say include out of stock. I always check mark that. Mm. And here's why. That's good. If Amazon does not have anyone selling that product for a period of several months, then that page will get suppressed into the catalog. Even if you type in some keywords in the catalog that you think would apply to get that product to pop up, because it's been without any sales for such a long period of time, it will not pop up by just keywords alone. So that will force that page to come up so that you can look at it and be able to see this is a product that no one has sold for a long period of time. I love it. That tip alone right there is worth the price of admission today, listener. That's good stuff. So you're searching for stuff that's not even in the catalog anymore because it's been out of stock so long. So if you could just go source that, you got territory all to yourself. But how do we know it's going to sell? Let's talk a little bit about some keyword. And this is some stuff that Brett and I covered in the previous episode where we talked about wholesale. It'll be in the show notes. But how can you tell? I mean, just because it's something that no one's bought in a while doesn't mean they're going to start buying it again when you go out and source it. So what are some of the next steps you take? If I'm just looking to see, you know, is this something in demand? You can just open up merchant words and type in a keyword and preferably even a keyword phrase that would basically sum up what that product is in maybe a couple words. And that really should be in the title. You will be surprised how it oft, more often than not, it's not even in the title, which means if it's not in the title, you can optimize that page and get it in the title. That will increase the sales on it, just that alone, getting those keywords there. But with your keywords and merchant words, you're going to see the volume of how many people are actually searching using that keyword phrase into the Amazon search engine per month. Yeah, it gives you a really good general ballpark idea. We love Merchant Words. George with Merchant Words has been a sponsor at several of our events, our live events. And we've got a link in the show notes where you can get a discount, a great price. It's not an expensive tool and it's not 100% accurate data, but it is a really close estimate of just how popular are the keywords associated with this product. And if you want specific, accurate, and make really good decisions. Like before you go a thousand deep into one of these widgets, you need to apply the PPI strategies that we've talked about in other episodes, episode 2, 16, 31, and 32 so far, the episodes where we really dive into the PPI strategy. But just to get a general idea, yeah, Merchant Words is fantastic. So you can make a pretty good decision. Is it worth my time to go grab five or 10 units of this widget and try to sell it using the keywords that Merchant Words says are pretty popular, right? Are we hitting it well so far? Yeah, I would do that. I optimize pages that are already in the catalog all the time. And I've even done it so much that 
I've had the call, you know, get a phone call straight from the supervisor over the catalog team. She has called directly a few times and said, I see you've opened up 16 cases to optimize (laughs) this. So we, I thought I would just call you directly. And she has the power to do some things in your account to make it easier for you because she sees that you understand their policies. You have a willingness to update the page according to their rules and you share with them your knowledge and how this is valuable to you and that you want to present this brand as well in the best way possible for the customers. Oh, I love it. So just allow me to recap and tell me if I miss anything, Teresa. And I'm going to try to talk right to the newbie right now. Okay. So if you're new to all this and you're listening, pay attention. Okay. So you went through Amazon's catalog. You go to amazon.com and you're just pretending you're shopping and you're using some filters to find the stuff that hasn't sold in a really long time. In fact, it's been so long since that it sold that it's not even showing up in the search results anymore. But you check a box that says, yeah, I want to see even that stuff, the out of stock stuff that hasn't shown up in a while. And then you find the ones where they're using really bad keywords to describe the product. Maybe that was the problem, right? So you go into merchant words, you find some good keywords, and you've gotten so good at this that Amazon actually contacted you and said, hey, you're improving so many listings. We just trust you. They wave their magic wand. And now you can kind of go in and do a lot of this anytime you want to, because they trust you, because we're actually helping Amazon improve their sales. They love that. They love when more stuff sells. So you're using the the right keywords instead of the wrong keywords and stuff starts selling again. How good have you gotten at this process, Teresa? Pretty good. I've had the person, I don't want to give away her name, uh, over the catalog team contact me directly a few times. And what she would say is, how many more of these do you have? I'm going to put some, she, she doesn't know what to call it, but she says, I'm going to put power on your account to where you don't need to go through the reps like you would normally have to, to optimize a page. You could just do it directly right within your account and just hit the edit button and it will populate automatically for you. And she may do it for a certain period of time. And then after that period of time, you'll notice that you don't have that ability anymore. So if you show and prove to them that you really are trying to clean up the catalog and improve it, which will therefore increase sales, which is to your benefit and to Amazon's benefit, you're partnering together and they will go out of their way to work with you. Same is true with the manufacturer that you are working with. You can now tell them those skills that you have. And you can tell them that sometimes you work directly with the catalog team to help improve these pages so that their brand is represented well and that customers can find it and that there is value in this brand. They will love hearing that and they will partner with you. Yeah, let me just paint into a scenario for listeners in our audience now. Maybe you've been doing it for a while. I think those of us who've been doing this stuff for a while, we sometimes make false assumptions about, oh, well, well, you can't do it that, you can't do this. Like we go to trade shows, like maybe it's ASD in Vegas and you're going from booth to booth to booth and saying, hey, can I sell your stuff on Amazon? No, we already got Amazon sellers. Hey, can I sell your stuff on Amazon? No, we already have Amazon sellers. Instead, how about you pitch this? And just to rephrase what you just said, Teresa, you say, hey, here's what I want to do. I want to go through your catalog. And one of the magic questions you love to teach them to ask is, hey, what are some of your hottest sellers when you talk to a new wholesaler or supplier or ideally manufacturer? You say, what I want to do is go through and keyword optimize your listings and make sure that they're selling at the maximum possible rate on Amazon because they may be selling well now, but have you ever keyword optimized your titles? If they haven't, you can provide so much value. And like you just said, Teresa, I guarantee you they don't have the email address of the person who's in charge of that department like we do. You know, mm-hmm. and this isn't something that just anyone can get. But if you get good at this process, which we have, 
Yeah, we've got that email address. So you can say, hey, you know, let's say you work with our coaching program. You can even pitch that. And I tell people all the time that, hey, say I work with a community of people that lives, eats, and breathes internet marketing, keyword research on Amazon. This is the stuff we do. We wake up thinking about it. We go to bed dreaming about it. So I want to work with you to optimize your catalog. Are you interested? That's a much better question to ask a potential client than, hey, can I sell your stuff on Amazon? They may or may not let you do that. Everyone's asking that question possibly. But if you're the guy that lives, eats, and breathes, and sleeps Amazon keyword research and maximizing listings so you can destroy your competitors, well, now they're listening, right? That's right. So how many of those relationships would you say you have at this point with manufacturers? A lot directly, because this is something that I talk to them about very openly, especially over conversations over the phone. And they are thrilled. They're absolutely thrilled. And they will tell you, I'm so glad that you have the knowledge and the skills to do that because we don't have the time to do that. We don't have the time to go learn, figure it out, find out. And they really don't want to waste time and money training someone either. So it's just easier for them to partner with you. You are in the job of selling. They are in the job of manufacturing. I love it. Let me ask you this, Teresa. Now, I don't know this. I know our coaches pretty well, but I don't happen to know. Have you helped any of your manufacturing clients set up their own Amazon accounts yet? Uh, Not yet directly with their own accounts. I have with some situations where they did try to sell on Amazon. They had some problems, so they got kicked off. (laughs) And what I did was... We set it up and I was hoping that to, that it would be easier in a way where they set their user permissions so that I have access to some parts of their account. And sometimes it's just easier if you do that where you can go in and you can make updates to those pages rather than going through the reps. If you can't do that, then just go through the reps. And most of the time, the reps will get it done within two weeks. Um, there's a few exceptions to that, but most of the time they will. Yeah. When you say go through the reps, you're talking about Amazon's reps and just say, Hey, I need permission. Mm-hmm. Will you please, you know, adjust this, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. They adjust this title from these keywords, to those keywords, um, which takes a little more time if you go through Amazon. But here's the reason I ask that. And for the listener too, this is important. And if you've listened to several episodes of this podcast, you've picked up on a theme here and that is multiple streams of income, right? So get this guys, Teresa is capable. Let's say the worst case scenario happened. And for some crazy random reason, tomorrow, your Amazon account vanished. Now, yeah, that would stink. Yours, Teresa, mine, anyone else listening to this, yeah, that would stink. But here's the good news. Let's just go through the good news and a quick bullet point list. Then we're going to dive back into some more wholesale stuff. Just some good news. 95% chance you're going to get it back. That's first. Next, we've got insurance to cover that now. You know, I mean, I just love this new income replacement policy. Let's say it takes two or three months to get your, your account back. Well, we can replace your income. There's insurance that covers that now. That'll be in the show notes, silentgym.com. Go to this episode. We'll have it there. But next, you're perfectly capable of setting up and getting an income from multiple accounts that you've set up for your clients. That's what we go through in the PPP model, which is a module in our proven Amazon course where we talk to you about how to approach companies, how to set them up on Amazon, how to put an arrangement in place where they where they pay you a percent. The money's going to them and they could cut you a check. If they ever want to buy you out, they can. If your services are no longer needed and you've automated things and it's running beautiful and they ask themselves one day, well, why do we hire this consultant? Well, they can write you a really big check and be done with you, with you if you want. You can get as many of these clients 
parts as you want. Because like you just said, Teresa, manufacturers out there like making stuff. They don't like marketing and selling it on Amazon. And those skills that you have as an Amazon seller, if you're listening to this, if you've sold even a handful of items online, you are light years ahead of a lot of these guys. Good stuff. What else, Teresa? Tell me some, you know, if do we skip over anything? I've got a couple other questions I want to ask you for sure, but uh, you're doing some exciting stuff. This is a great call. I think listeners are really going to be digging this one. Right. I would say the most important thing that you can do is to develop a strong relationship with your wholesale suppliers where you are on a first name basis. They can call you, you can call them, you can talk candidly at any time. You need to develop that. You need to develop a partnership with them. You also need to develop a partnership with Amazon. So when I'm doing this, trying to clean up the catalog, trying to increase sales, I'm developing a three-way partnership, and it's a win-win situation for everybody. Oh, I love it. It's like you're speaking my language. You should be one of our coaches. Oh, wait, you are. (laughs) No, I mean, there's an episode of this podcast titled, If You Want to Make Money Online, Put down the keyboard, right? Get on the phone with these people. That's the advantage. These wholesalers are approached daily by these random emails from random people that they don't know in a lot of cases. And all you've got to do, I mean, you can go into where the competition is fierce. And I don't know if you'll be willing to share. I didn't clear this with you, so I'm not going to tell people what niche you were in this past Q4. But just think like the most competition you can possibly be in niche market. And you were destroying everybody because you built relationships Mm -hmm. and you actually did it the right way. That's all it takes. That sets you apart. There could be 50, 100 other people in that same exact product. But if you're the one with the relationship that knows the person's name, knows maybe when their birthday is, that sort of thing, yeah, that still works. So I love that you brought up relationship building, getting on the phone with these folks and having a conversation, which by the way, if you ever run into an MOQ, minimum order quantity of say 500 units, and they're like, nope, you got to order 500 or we can't work with you. Well, can I please have a sample? Nope, sorry, it's our policy, 500 units. Pick up the phone, share some of what we're sharing, tell them you're going to do some keyword testing. You could potentially ignite their sales on their top products and maybe even help them get on Amazon and cut out the middle man a little bit. Share some of these things that we're talking about today. Guess what? The minimum order quantity now is, can we just send you 20? We'd love to have you test out one of our products we've got coming and do some keyword research, right? So there's no longer a minimum order quantity. There's a relationship and you're getting freebies. That's the Mm -hmm. kind of stuff we're talking about, right? Yeah. One of my suppliers, every order that I do is always throwing in some extra things for me to just look at the product. I don't buy it. They just throw it in the box and then they will write a note to go along with it. We wanted you to see some of these. Yeah, and you've never told me that story, but that's just how the world works when you build relationships, right? Right, and with this supplier, they don't have a way for you to order online yet. Their ordering system is you need to put everything out in an email, send them an email, and then call them with your credit card. (laughs) So there was one day that I did that, and uh, they did get the email, knew I'd be calling soon. So when I called, they answered, there's only, the company is very small, there's a president and there's a sales rep. That is it. Okay. Beyond the warehouse workers in their warehouse. And when I called, they answered the phone and they said, Hey, Teresa, how are you? I said, how did you know it was me? And she says, Oh, we have your number and your name in our phone system now. And I thought, <laughs> They're excited to hear from you. I, I thought that's fantastic. You know, it's great. It's like, who's the customer here exactly? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was it's fantastic. So you just have to really spend time being yourself, being genuine, being oh. authentic, and being honest. Yes. Oh, I love it. All those themes that we hit on around here. You know, business is about relationships. And for those of you who haven't listened to episode zero, go back and do that sometime. It's on silentgym.com. It's not on iTunes or any of the other platforms. But 
basically the premise is if you want to learn all you can possibly learn about business, go back to the best-selling book ever written. It's the Bible. So a lot of those Sunday school lessons we learned about treating other people well, it's all about relationships. You know, from my vantage point, Teresa, and I know yours as well, a transaction is just simply the beginning of potentially a lifelong relationship with someone, another person. That's the beauty of a transaction. Yeah, we both benefit. You get your stuff, I get the money or vice versa, but it's the start of potentially a great relationship. So it sounds like you're building some great relationships with your sources, which can only help both of you as we build our businesses. Well, let me ask you, I know you've gotten into some interesting niches this past Q4, some niche markets, licensed products, even that sort of thing. Let's talk a little bit about that. And I may have a few questions for you, but share with the listeners some things you've been learning recently about licensed products. And a lot of people, when you hear that, they go, oh, don't sell licensed product like NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball. And for the most part, yeah, if you're sourcing retail, the advice you've been giving for a while, and I am too now, is just stay away from NASCAR and all these big licensed brands if you're sourcing them retail. That can be pretty hairy mess pretty fast, but you're still in a lot of those places. And maybe you'll share some of your stories regarding that with us. Right. So I have access to several suppliers with licensed products, and they do have their licensing agreements in place, and they are willing to share that with you. You should be able to see that even on their website of who are they licensing, who are they licensing with. And it costs them a pretty penny every year to keep this license. So they have to protect this license because this is what is uh, driving their sales is by manufacturing these products with these licensings. They will do everything in their power to protect it. And you need to come on board and say, I'm on board with you. Let's protect it, even on Amazon. Okay? There's things you can do. So I I do um, periodically buy a lot of licensed things, especially if I see a trend coming up or I'm just kind of listening to the climate in the world about what's going on. And instead of getting caught up in it, what I do (laughs) is I sit on the sidelines and I sell those products of what I'm hearing people talking about. What, What is it that they are becoming emotional about that is happening in our world? And there's been several situations where there have been some counterfeit products that have come into play. As a result, what happens is is Amazon will restrict that brand. And now anyone who is sourcing it not directly from the manufacturer will no longer be able to sell it. And it's a good thing because it's a guarantee that these products truly are authentic. And it's a good thing for the manufacturer because they have a job and a duty to protect this licensing. So they need to make sure that their products are only being sold authentic wherever they're being sold. So with one example, in uh, 2015, in December, when we had a a long period of years uh, with the Star Wars movies, and finally a new Star Wars movie was released for the first time in many years in 2015. What I did was I was listening to the climate. I was hearing the buzz of people talking about this. I was even listening to other FBA sellers talk about this, and they were deeply chasing the toys and getting approval to sell the Star Wars toys. Because I was hearing that, I turned directions, and I said, well, how can I leverage this and do what no one else is doing? So I contacted my supplier who has some Star Wars apparel, and I put in an investment there. And with that investment, that one was was probably about 2k. So it was it was uh, you know, it's significant investment to a lot of people, but when you've been doing this for a while, that is kind of like your your test investment. It's not as big of a risk, especially through some experience of doing a licensed trend product. And when that movie came out, 
my products went into receiving and they were selling immediately straight out of the box. They didn't even have a chance. How fast? You were telling me how fast you sold out. It was crazy. Right. So what I did was I raised my prices up because I was the only FBA seller of these licensed apparel products. And I had to raise my prices up immediately because I said I had half of my inventory sold in four hours. <laughs> That's great. And I thought I am going to have nothing left for Christmas. I thought I would have enough to get into January. There wasn't going to be. So I raised my prices up. Within three days, everything was sold. Three days. Right. $2,000 worth of inventory. Because just to repeat the story here, we may have just got your attention when we said sold out all your inventory in three days. She went to a licensed manufacturer, someone who had permission. They had paid George Lucas a big amount of money <laughs> for the rights to make products. And these products weren't selling on Amazon. You know, all the toys were, and there's a lot of other Star Wars stuff, but these particular items weren't. So those super hot keywords were just wide open for these products that you went in and grabbed from a licensed, was it a wholesaler, distributor, or manufacturer? It was directly from the manufacturer. Right, which is the ideal way to do it. Oh, I love it. That's a great story. So what happened was, there were some counterfeit products. I did continue to sell it uh, for a while, a little bit longer to keep leveraging that, but not as significant as an investment because that trend was going to fade. So you got to know when to get in and when to get out. That's a little bit riskier to do, but in time, you'll be able to figure that out and know about how much you want to get in on and then know when to stop. So with that, there were some counterfeit products that came into play. And what happened was Amazon restricted that brand in order to protect the situation because of the counterfeit products. And so with that being said, I had to go then contact the manufacturer. I told them the situation. I said, there's a lot of counterfeits here. Amazon has re restricted the brand. Would you be willing to write a letter of approval for me stating that I am allowed to sell your products on Amazon and I purchase them only through you? They are guaranteed authentic products and you have proof of invoices. And they said, we would absolutely be happy to do that. Within 24 hours, they had that letter of approval sent back to me, PDF. I uploaded it, sent it over to the reps at Amazon, and I was back in business. No problem. And what happened to all of the uh, counterfeiters? They were kicked off. <laughs> gone, suspended, vanished, right? They're gone. <laughs> That's great. So now you are the only FBE seller all over again. And up go the prices. That's right. <laughs> That's beautiful. So then beautiful. your prices can go back up. Yep. Instead of race to the bottom, it's race to the top. I love it. I love it. That's such a cool story. And this can happen over and over and over again. And I love how you subtly hinted at, pay attention to what people are getting emotional about. There's some real get in, get out opportunities. You know, just scroll through your Facebook feed. What are people freaking out about? Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's some big hints for you right there. You know, when, when emotions run high and people are buying products, those always come in waves and it subsides again, but there's some opportunities to get in. And once you know how to contact manufacturers who are licensed, and here's a big tip for you if you're ever like at a trade show, like at ASD or somewhere where there's a lot of wholesalers and distributors and manufacturers gathered trying to sell their stuff and they've got some licensed products there, you know, Star Wars or anything else with a movie logo on it. Say, hey, could I see your license? Oh, we don't have it with us. Well, could you email me a copy of that? I need to see that before... I place an order, right? Anything else to add to that little line of defense against getting into some counterfeit product accidentally? I would say that uh, trademark infringement has been a big issue that uh, has been going around. People are talking about. I did with some products. Again, I was following the trend. I was sitting back and listening to the election <laughs> and I leveraged that by buying directly wholesale some election apparel and 
by doing so, of course, there were counterfeits that did come in to play. And on uh, some of it, I was still the only FBA seller and it was selling very fast. So I was able to see how many times I could replenish it and about when I needed to stop as it got closer to the actual election. About one week before the election, I uh, received this email from Amazon that was a notification against my account. And it said that this person has claimed trademark infringement. And here is their contact information. Here is their name. And I looked at it and they had nothing to do with this manufacturer. It was just another seller. Another seller trying to scare you away, who is probably selling counterfeit themselves. That's right. They were trying to kick off the other sellers one week before the election because they knew that this was a hot selling product. So what happened was, is I contacted the reps and I said, this is another seller doing this. They do not own the trademark. They, they are not licensed. Here is a manufacturer who is. And I worked directly with them. So they said, you think this is a scam? And I said, absolutely it is. And they gave me the contact information to the team of lawyers at Amazon. And I emailed that team of lawyers directly. Again, within 24 hours, they could see through a quick review what it was happening. And my stuff was back up live for sale. No problem. Immediately. And what happened to the evil counterfeiters? The counterfeits were gone. And the seller who made that claim that he was the property owner of these products (laughs) was gone as well. Poof. And then we had a race to the top instead of race to the bottom on the pricing. Right. I love it. The prices go back up. Yep. That's the benefit of doing business the right way. And I love that you're going right to the source. So if you find yourself getting into, and this just lines up with everything you've heard on all the previous episodes of this podcast, this is why we love the inch deep, mile wide, get your feet wet kind of experience. If you follow the advice we teach around here, you are never going to get yourself into a situation where, oh, wow, I just lost $15,000. I thought for sure that was going to work. It's just never going to happen. It's little 10, 20, maybe 50, maybe $100. Teresa's at the point now where $2,000 kind of feels like a little test, right? Well, the numbers may not be that big for you yet. You can test these little ideas. And let's say you find a hot seller via retail. Don't drive around town trying to grab all of them off the retail shelves. Contact the manufacturer, the distributor. Make sure they have the licensing in place. Go straight to the source. There's no reason not to. Educate them on what you can do on Amazon that the other sellers just can't. Go for an exclusive. We haven't talked about that much, and maybe that's a good way. Have you spent much time going for exclusives where there's a lot of other sellers already on a product? Have you ever done that? I'm very careful with that because I don't want to be aggressive. I want to protect that relationship. So I never, ever go after an exclusive agreement right out of the gate without right up front without yeah. developing a relationship with them first. That's beautiful advice. Yeah, that you kind of earn your way to that. If you come right out of the gate asking for that, that can be a little scary right. to them because they don't know who you are, what your reputation is, what your plans are, how long you've been doing this. So that's good advice. But you'll earn the right to get to that point over time right? because you have a relationship. Oh, I love it. Is there anything else that we skip? We'll probably do another show at some point. We're definitely going to have you back, Teresa, because you're just a wealth of information and knowledge. And again, if someone wants to go through our coaching program and ask for Teresa, she's one of our great coaches. Imagine getting on the phone an hour at a time, one-on-one with this wealth of knowledge. That's what the Jim Cochran coaching program is all about. It's our top students 
who we recruit and they become our top coaches. And across the board, they have great businesses with great success. That's that's how we find our great coaches like Teresa. And it's not an inexpensive program by any means, but it is a fantastic investment if uh, for the right people who are positioned well for it. But what else do you want to share with us, Teresa, before we let the listener go for today and, uh, and schedule you to come back sometime soon? All I could say is that anybody can do this. There's a lot of myths to wholesale. There's a lot of myths about selling on Amazon in general. You can do this. You just need to be smart. You need to be efficient and you need to be real, be authentic. That's the number one thing. So wholesale is the business of relationships. If you are sourcing in a different way, arbitrage, there's relationships there that you can build with store owners, but usually you don't find it to be as active or as um, necessary than if you're contacting manufacturers directly and working side by side with them. If you tell them your skills and you share with them this information, they will tell you immediately, (laughs) I want to partner with you. I love it. You don't have to say a thing. I've heard that over and over and over again where they say, I want to partner with you. Let's start with these products. Basically, you are their exclusive seller, but you don't have to ask for exclusivity. It just happens. It's kind of that nonverbal agreement. You don't have to sign a document. You don't need to make it legal. So I am selling exclusively probably at least three manufacturers products and they just prefer it that way because there is direct contact there's direct access they still have control over their brand and they trust you you have to develop trust that's really really important so those are things that you just really really want to highly regard you're not in the in the business I, i don't know how to state this but if you put money first you are going to lose so much more than if you put people first oh that's beautiful. Yes, I completely agree. Yes, you were going to finish the thought. Go ahead. I'm just going to say you got to put people first every single time. The money will follow. Don't worry about the money. That's secondary. Yeah, it's the result of doing business well. It's not the goal. It's the result. Right. We talk about relationships so much in this podcast, and I think early on, listeners may have even I just kind of envisioned like, wow, he talks about relationships a lot. Is that just like is this like touchy feely business hour with Jim? No, this is how the world really works, guys. There's even an episode. I don't know if you caught it or not, Teresa, where I was helping people decide, is this business model right for me? Because as entrepreneurs, we're always surrounded by good ideas everywhere. Like, how do I know the difference between a good idea and a right idea? One of the conditions I put in there is, will I be building genuine relationships with the right kind of people as a result of going into this business model? If not, it's not a good fit for me. The relationships help you decide, should I even be going down this road or not? And so you just said something beautiful. Wholesale is a relationship relationship business. That's it. I love it. Like that's the tweetable line from this episode. If we were to tweet one, it so is. And people have tried to reduce it into a spreadsheet numbers game. That's not it. No. I will beat you every time. Give me a telephone and I will beat your spreadsheet every time. That's right. Right. There's another tweet for you. Well, this was good, Teresa. Really time well spent. You're just, like I said, a wealth of information, not just on wholesale, but on so many other things. And one of our valued coaches, and I just uh, appreciate so much that you're part of our team. And we're going to have to get you on stage at CES. You, do you know yet? Are you planning to come to Orlando in September for our next event? Yeah, I think I'm going to try and be able to go. So I think it would be really, really fun to see everyone that I've been working with for the past uh, couple years and have been chatting with and to finally be able to talk face to face would just be 
amazing. Oh, you got it. That would just be amazing. You have to come. Have you been to one before? I don't remember. I haven't, not yet. So I didn't think so, because I don't remember that we've we've never actually met then, have we? No, no, not in person. <laughs> I so. didn't think so. I mean, my team has gotten so big now, I'm having trouble remembering, and I know people really well, but I don't remember if I've met them or not. Uh, it's kind of funny, but yeah, so see you in Orlando, September 2017. We're going to have to stick that in the show yeah. notes now as well as yet another link. And this is a good way to wrap up the episode, silentgym.com slash podcast, or just go to silentgym.com for the show notes from today. And you know what? I just thought of something, Teresa. Let me just give one last little tip that just popped in my head. See if you agree with this. Let's say you're pursuing a manufacturer and you're kind of new to all of this and you want to get in there and start selling their stuff. Hey, why not send them this podcast episode and say, hey, these are the people I work with. This is the stuff they do. This is what I want to do with you. Just listen to it. They explain it. They'll talk it through. That's what I want to do. That's where I can bring value. And they'll know like, okay, I want to make stuff. I want you to do what they're talking about. That sounds great. Protecting me from all the fraudsters on Amazon, having Amazon love me instead of hate me. Yeah, that's what we can do. And if you're a manufacturer out there and someone sent you this podcast episode, they did you a huge favor because that person lives, eats, breathes, and sleeps success with internet marketing and Amazon marketing and promise we're going to teach them the best of the best strategies to do just that. So how's that for a little tip? Final tip for the listener today, Teresa, you like that one? I think that's fantastic. And also if you're going to sell this, you know, send this podcast as representative of what your abilities and skills are to you know, encourage the supplier to highly think of opening an account with you, you need to tell them, this is the training that I'm receiving. It's very high level training. And I really feel that I could sell more of your products. Let's work on it together. I love it. Beautiful. Let's build a relationship. Well, we're going to wrap this episode up. Listener, we've taken about 45 minutes of your day today, but I think if you are paying attention, the return on investment is going to be massive because we poured some really good stuff in today's show. Thank you for your feedback. If you haven't left us a review on iTunes yet, please take a moment to go do that. Subscribe on iTunes. That helps us out a ton. Tell your friends, spread the word. Thanks for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. I'm your host, Jim Cockrum. I can't wait to do this again real soon. Thanks for listening. Hey, this is Jim. Wasn't that a great episode? Oh, I loved that. You know, one of the things that Teresa and I talked about before we started recording was a really cool story that we kind of ran out of time, but I want to tell it to you now. And it's just indicative of the kind of things that are happening around here all the time. You see, we get students coming to us into our coaching program and into our community who have tried many other strategies for succeeding on Amazon. And we're the only ones, to my knowledge, that consistently have the approach of taking very tiny risks and testing things before you ever go all in on any inventory purchase. And to give you an example, there were some students who had tried multiple times, more than 15 times to launch different private label products using other courses and strategies, some very expensive courses, mind you, and it just wasn't working because they were trying to find a product and then later market it. That's not what we teach. We teach you here how to find hot markets and then go find the product. Well, the way that they finally came across a very exciting opportunity was by listening to shoppers. And in this case, a husband listened to his wife. That's right. If you know someone who happens to shop on Amazon a lot, listen to them and ask them simple questions like this. Hey, the next time you're on Amazon shopping and you're looking for something and you can't find it, or all of the results that come up seem irrelevant to what you were really looking for, would you please let me know? You can even post that on Facebook if you'd like. 
say, hey, if you shop on Amazon a lot, please contact me. I'd like to ask you a couple questions, and then you just simply ask them the question that I just gave you. So that way you'll be uncovering gold mines constantly. We went in depth on this concept with Brett recently and recorded the whole thing in a webinar with hundreds of our students listening in. They loved it. That's just part of the sample content that we're constantly pouring into the Proven Amazon course. So if you don't have that course yet, you need to grab it. But I just wanted to let you know, here's another creative way to find these incredible gold mines on Amazon. Talk to someone who shops a lot. Often we as sellers don't shop a whole lot. But if you find people who do shop a lot, have them keep an eye out for those product and those niche ideas where there's just no good matching products. And I'll end with this. I guarantee you there are tens of millions of gaps on Amazon right now. I know this is true because only 7% of all retail shopping done is done online in the United States. That means 93% of all retail shopping is still offline. That's hundreds of millions of products that haven't made their way onto Amazon yet. Why can't you be the one to get them there and start making money from the opportunity? Thanks for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. I'm signing off for real this time. Can't wait to do this again next time. Thanks for listening.